0: Hello, I'm Rachel Long and this is a podcast from the Poetry Society. I met and spoke with three young poets from Chicago and two winning and commended poets from the Four Young Poet of the Year Award. We spoke about what it is to be a young poet on both sides of the pond. If you are a young person aged between 11 and 17, I would like to enter the Four Young Poet of the Year Awards. You can. The deadline is until the 31st of July, 2019. The judges are the incredible Raymond Antibus and Jackie Kay. For more information, visit fouryoungpoets.org. Let's go. We're ready to go. Hello. Welcome, everyone. it's really nice to be sitting around this table with you. Um, I know that other people can't see us, um, but we look real cute with uh, around this table with all our different colour mics. Um, (laughs) So I just really wanted to go round. And I'd love you to introduce yourselves. um, And also say what colour mic you have in front
1: of you. Starting maybe Hi, I'm Kara Jackson, and I have a yellow mic. It's very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> um,
2: hi, I'm Patricia, uh, but Pat for people who are people. Um, I have an orange mic, and it's my grandma's favorite color, so I'm in her spirit today. Mm.
3: Uh, I'm Empower. I have the name of a bad Marvel superhero.
4: And my mic is green.
5: <laughs> um, I'm Fee in Ola but for ease, people just call me Fee. And I have a red mic.
4: I'm Natalie Rose Richardson. And my mic is a beautiful blue color that really matches Pat's hair. <laughs> mm. It does.
0: <laughs> um, and I'm Rachel. As I said, I didn't tell you my color mic. I have a purple mic, a really deep kind of like ultraviolet-y purple mm. mic. Which Cara is also challenging in her um, eyeshadow. Mm. We look great. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we are all poets, right? Yes. Yeah. They yes. can't hear your nods. <laughs> 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 um, we're all poets. Um, and I would really love to start and um, to kick off this conversation. I would really love to start with a poem. So, Natalie, would you mind kicking us off with a poem?
4: Sure. I'm going to read a really new poem that's still a draft that I wrote while I was here in London. Nice, nice. I recently started an MFA program in the States, and I talk a lot with my cohort members about the workshop or the sort of MFA creative writing workshop and all of the sort of problematic politics that come up in workshop. Uh, And I wrote this after talking with a friend of mine in cohort. And right now it's just called workshop or questions and workshop, but I'm sure the title will change. Hmm. Questions and workshop. In what time of day is the poem occurring? In what year? In what nation? Is there light? Where is the light coming from? Why should the eye that is me care about this poem? Why should the other eyes care about this poem? Are there eyes in this poem? Who does the seeing? Might the poem look better with lipstick and a higher heel? What do I know now that I didn't know before reading this poem? Which is to say, what does the poem know? Did the poem receive an undergraduate degree and then go on to pursue graduate studies at a quietly elite East Coast University? Does the poem have student loans, professor recommendations? What can be done about the organization of the poem? Why is the poem's liver inside the poem's mouth? Jesus, is that the poem's foot in the place of the poem's asshole? Who stitched up this poem and left the threads hanging every which way? Does the poem know it can get infected if left exposed for too long to the elements? What are the poem's politics? Has the poem read the latest issue of the Times, and does it have an opinion on the goings on in Sudan? I mean, does the poem have an opinion on massacres? Perhaps there is a way to work massacres into the poem? While I think the poem has a nice smile, good teeth, I wonder if it is smiling too much. I mean, the poem is clearly unhappy at the state of itself. So why is it smiling? Can the poem dance? Can it balance a jug of water on its head? Can it do both while reciting its political stance in the form of song? On the subject of gestures, is the poem black? Does the poem have feelings? Has it cried over a girl in the bathroom stall? Does the poem like girls? I feel like the poem is trying too hard. Perhaps it could wash off the makeup and wear its hair natural. Maybe ditch the heels? Maybe don't offer up the poem's degrees as pedigree, as it might make the poem seem pretentious? Now that I think about it, why is the poem reciting political jargon and song lyrics? What is that jug doing on the poem's head? And where is all that blood coming from? What is the poem doing with a blade in its hand?
0: Mm. Nice. Thank you, Natalie.
4: Um, where did you write it, out of interest? I wrote it in my room at Good Enough College in <laughs> Bloomsbury. <laughs> How is it staying there? It's really nice. It's in a beautiful area of the city, and it's very central. So we we hop on the subway, or the tube the tube the tube we hop on the tube tube, yeah and just go where we want to go which is really nice
0: (laughs) how are you finding the tube How, how have you navigated that particular plate of spaghetti
1: i feel like we've been we've done pretty good i don't know we've gotten pretty good at navigating it like i feel like i was nervous because i'm really bad at directions and stuff but i guess also just being with other people who are better with that stuff than i am is always a plus and mm-hmm. like i feel like maybe i would have gotten more lost if i were by myself <laughs> but mm-hmm.
0: yeah advice for life always be with someone who's got better geography than you have yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Patricia, how? chicago have- so piece of cake
4: yeah. Our trains are from the 1960s. I think our trains in Chicago are 1960s Japanese trains, so they're very yeah. vintage, and as I'm sure you experienced when you were there, they're rickety and they're big, like, ancient tin boxes on wheels, and, and it feels make... precarious to ride them. <laughs> um,
0: have uh, uh, Fee and M, have you ever been to Chicago? No. Have you ever been to no. the States?
5: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, where?
3: Um, um, I went on a school trip to New York. Mm. Yeah, um, it was good.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I went to Connecticut. So there was a summer programme mm. at Yale last year and I went for it. It was my first, well, experience in memory of America. So it was quite interesting.
0: For writing was this?
5: Uh, no, just for science actually. So my second passion. <laughs> huh.
0: Yeah. Mm. Do you find um, that yeah, what's what's the intersections for you? Do do they do they talk to each other in your in your work or in your?
5: Um, I'd say they're quite separate actually, because mm. a lot of I think both of them are motivated by you know parental pressures and all of that. Um, science more so, <laughs> but I think my parents. The good thing is that they want me to have an academic passion, which literature can be, mm-hmm. but also a creative passion that I can follow at the same time. So mm. I try and keep them separate because I'm not going to lie, writing science in like a poem can be a bit boggish. But um, yeah, they they complement each other though. I'd say that.
2: I think you should listen to this podcast. Um, Versus has a podcast. It's um, based in Chicago, I think. But it's with Janelle Smith and Franny Choi. And they interviewed Jamal May, mm. who is really cool. And like the mm. author of this book called Hum. And he also like, he is a genius and he uses science so much in his work um i think you would love him yeah yeah mm.
0: what science are you talking about as well? do you have it
5: um i'd say biology is my favorite yeah okay yeah preparing for medicine
1: Yeah.
5: but yeah uh but yeah at the same time because medicine's quite intensive so i want to make sure i follow my literary passion don't want to lose it just get it under some you know documents and academics and all of that so yeah it's just really it's a struggle to balance but i'm balancing it i hope so Mm.
0: does it even help with like your sort of word choices some sometimes when i'm sort of sitting on my bed trying to write and i'm like yeah but how does the blood sort of leave the hand like what's the word for that how Mm. does that and i wish i had listen better in it science does, yeah. <laughs> it does so yeah, like the exacting intersect. of the language yeah because
5: a lot of the time when you want to use like um imagery pertaining to the body mm. and you want to be quite specific you don't mm. just use hand foot face you want to go deeper deeper than that um science does help in that way so yeah it complements each mm. other it doesn't necessarily intersect a lot of the time i think i'd like it to intersect a bit more within my capacity but they definitely do complement each other. Just, you know, specificity, going mm. in depth, you know, mm. having a, a hypothesis in a poem and writing that, you know, that final line that it brings it all together as this beautiful conclusion that you can present to someone else. So yeah, it, it complements each other.
0: Does anyone else have uh, something other than poetry? No. <laughs> Car- Car- Car is pointing to to Patricia
2: but she's just not saying anything. <laughs> so okay, so my major my freshman year was film um mm-hmm. and that was great. But in order to get into the school I wanted to get into I chose the major in English because that's where my resume looks better, but I'm a finesse it I'm going to go and then I'm like can I like switch. you can definitely switch that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think screenwriting though is definitely at the center of my heart. I think huh. like I don't write as many screenplays as poems because screenplays are way, way longer. But this year especially, I've just been like putting out as much as, or not putting out, but like just writing as much as I can, because I don't know, there's something about like interpreting what happens in my everyday life and like envisioning it in film that just makes me very happy. I also just like the idea of like writing films that I want to see in the world and like writing films that nobody else is going to be thinking about, like, um, I just wrote this screenplay about pride, which is not really about pride or the pride parade, um, but it's just more so a portrait of, like, what it means to be a LGBTQ young person living in a city, um, that marginalizes, um, gayness and queerness so often, um, but also, like, what does it mean to just be a young person who is black and confrontational and doesn't look, like, the black people that we see like displayed in me- media, like what does it mean to make a film where people are talking in Chicago lingo about swishers um, and underage drinking, um, and I think that's just where my heart is right now.
0: Do you have a poem that perhaps has both of, holds both of those things that that you that you are talking about?
2: I think actually, so Natalie just did a workshop a little earlier. Um, And it was, the source material was A Few Reasons We Left the Farm by Ben Clark. Um, And her workshop was just very much about like showing and not telling, which Mm -hmm. I hear a lot, but that poem so specifically is just like images. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I sort of do that in my work, but I'm just looking forward to writing a poem that is strictly like, here's this image of this thing. Um, And that sort of works in the same way a script is working just in a different form. Um, About all the men that I left. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think that's going to be exciting. So, Can you read one for us now? Yeah, sure. Um, So this poem is called I Am Windy City after Jane Cortez. I am Windy City. Here is my tomato head baton scattered badge in blue. I got my cousin's ears of corn gentrifying in the melting pot. My mouth a mercury lake. I baptized John Baptiste in a barn fire. I am Windy City of red meat. Stocked yards of men and factories. Inside my belly a jungle of segregated joints. Rub my navy pores with the blood of betadine boys. Making steel and stealing it. I am Windy City of Cabrini green giants. Hear my Newport throat croak an eight hour workday. A haymarket rally in the projects. Pipe bomb at Pullman's Pied Piper. I work for no one. I am Windy City of bloody gums. My teeth, a collection of patina-coated churches. My Ferris wheel earrings to Chicana for the rest of white-ass Illinois. My boys cleanse the white city with a storm of gunpowder tears. I am Windy City only dressed in white on Valentine's for all my lovers masquered at the hands of Chirac, a man I don't know who keeps trying to wife me. Chirac is boo-boo the fool and foolish who bull with peeping toms who have license to strip search. Chirac turned churches into resale gun stores. Chirac, a trap song, sirenade sung into the wrong ear. Chirac city of lost boys under the hood Chirac could never take my face value of royal flush into Chicago River my leaning Sears tower of pizza my Heineken and soul food gout feet tap dance and barefoot with my hot-headed friends my confetti-fleshed comrades come break bread with me I don't know what
0: to say after that I know know. you're amazing
2: thank
0: you you really are Um, I really brought back Chicago for me
4: um Pat- how Patricia? Yeah. always also just recited that from. Yeah, I know. I, I was gonna, yeah, to note yeah. that was not Patricia <laughs> reading mm, it on a page. Mm, no, so that was pretty impressive. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Your your
0: work does um, seem to me, and correct me if you feel that it's wrong, like so steeped in the city that you are from. um How has it been for you then, being in? in in london in being in a completely different city which i feel is not like sure at all what, how do you feel
2: um i actually think london is pretty similar i would yeah. say it's more similar to new york actually um not architecturally at all but like the culture here and the people here seem a lot like east coast people um <laughs> what but does i was at me <laughs> <be? laughs> <laughs> when she
3: said <laughs> that
2: <laughs> Y'all are cool. Um, Sometimes I'm like, this person throwing shade at me. Like, I don't understand. I don't know them. Um, (laughs) um, But it actually gave me a lot of anxiety to, like, imagine coming here and, like, thinking about the fact that so much of my work is Chicago-specific. But I think also, like, I just started, like, writing down a lot of ideas for poems that when I come back, if somebody wants to pay for me, um, that, like y'all can like actually physically touch Um, but I also think there is like some validity in the the poems being so specific to where I'm from Um, just because I think people everywhere have like a specific idea of what Chicago is and what Chicago looks like um, especially in terms of like people of color Um, and I think like a lot of my work is just working to disprove that worldwide because I also think like people's idea of Chicago is so closely linked to people's idea of American black people. Um, I think about like a lot of reality TV and like a lot of that is valid and that is like blackness. um, But also like I want that to be something that is also seen as beautiful. Like a lot of Chicago is like fighting or like running out of your house to see somebody fight. And also like making a like making a cookout after that and like having people heal together and I think that's just really really important to me like the duality and letting people hold and have that duality without like it coming off as something to be ashamed of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you want to come back I want to come back I definitely want to come back and have more time to just underage drink (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot, so when, when we were over in Chicago, oh, we haven't even spoken about, okay, so why are you here, basically? Not that, you know, you, well, even though both of our countries are, um, yeah, thingy with borders. not that you can't come and go as you please, but why specifically are you here <laughs> this week um, in time?
4: We are here on a poetry exchange, um, mm. a U, a, I guess a Chicago-London poetry exchange. Mm. I've been saying London-Chicago, but L- you know. Well, <laughs> we put our priorities first. You put I yours first. <laughs> um, and the three of us are youth poet laureates um, from the States. And of course, you and Caleb and Ashling, uh, the three London poets are young people's poet laureates of here in the UK and or was shortlisted. Were you and all then just young sort people? of twisted Peter's arm to okay. let me be involved. <laughs> basically that's <laughs> the
0: thing they both were. So Ashley Fahey uh, right, and Caleb Femi were both young people uh, laureates both young poet laureates for London or the Young People's Laureate for London. So the title changed. Um, I was and I got I was shortlisted for it. Well, you and are then to me. Rachel, Rachel Carl. plenty of pedigree without that. I was, I was every time everyone's <laughs> bio got read at our events, I was a bit like, everyone's gonna know I'm a fraud. Um, <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> thinks no, that yeah. ever. <laughs> Here for the ride. Um, but it's been a, an amazing exchange to be a part of. So um, Caleb, Femi, Ashley Farhe, and I were over in Chicago uh, last month um it feels like longer because of the Mm -hmm. jet lag like i'm still suffering (laughs) you are gonna suffer i'm sorry there's no way around it you can you can google lots of cures they all sound as dodgy as each other (laughs) and i think you just have to let your body do do the thing um what's been your favorite event um being over on this side
4: no i i was gonna say i don't know and i also feel biased because we're sitting here with two students from a workshop this morning mm-hmm. and so yeah, i, we I feel great. Great. i feel as yes, though i'm not to say this event
0: yeah okay <laughs> natalie's going with the polite the polite <laughs> uh, and true answer yeah. of um, meeting meeting you guys patricia
2: yeah. um we went to dean ada's um oh, book release last night for mm-hmm. the black flamingo it was a cabaret it was my first time going to a cabaret and it was phenomenal the performances were just so good um i really wish we could stay for more mm-hmm. just amazing dean ada wow <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i have to second that i think that was like the most i guess also the other why well, probably this workshop today was the most like I interacted with other poets, but I think most of our events have kind of been like us at the forefront presenting to other people. Um, and that's like always fine, but I think it's always a great pleasure to just sit back and enjoy somebody else's work and consume somebody else's work. And I'm really, I just want to buy that book. Like Black Flamingo, it just seems from what we heard, it's just really incredible. Yeah.
4: So, and these yeah. students today, including M and Fee, um, we went around at the beginning and um, had them all tell us the name of a poet who they would recommend. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know how many of you were there, and maybe two of them said poets whose names I recognized. And so I was just in awe at just A, how different, of course, the reading lists are in the UK versus the States, but also these amazing and brilliant and well-read young people who are here, who we get, get to work with today and later on, well, and right now, I guess, we'll get to hear their work. It's Mm. just really spectacular.
1: Um,
0: Em, how was the workshop for you?
3: Um, I arrived late. (laughs) Sorry (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Repping
0: for the young people coming to a workshop on a weekend.
3: Uh, Yeah, talking about like the tubes earlier, it was because we were delayed for 30 minutes because a little plastic lid got stuck in one of the doors. Mm -hmm. and we were just stuck in the middle, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, it was really, really good. Um, I just love workshops in general because I write during (laughs) them. And sometimes I I think just being surrounded by other young people who are writing. um, And also, it's kind of embarrassing it's an embarrassing process to write do you, you do you not feel that her head. <laughs> to, to me soaked. sometimes uh f- for me it is an embarrassing process because i feel like it's you know kind of cliché, like oh. teenage image like like oh i'm sat on my bed like writing poetry like but I, I guess when i'm surrounded by other people who are doing it it almost becomes like a cool thing so that's why mm. i really like workshop like atmosphere but what were you <laughs>
0: yeah Patricia, why, why mm. were you
2: I don't think it's
0: embarrassing.
2: I, like I write in the most, I write in the most teenage girl ways. Like, I'm <laughs> always in my closet or just, like, sitting on my porch, like, hmm, ambiance. <laughs> <I think that's laughs> <really embarrassing. laughs> cool. yeah. yeah I
1: yeah. think poetry can be really revealing. And so that's why, like, I don't know if I feel embarrassed necessarily, but I definitely sometimes do feel, like, seen. I think we were at something the other day and Natalie described the process of writing as kind of, like, stripping down, like... Being getting naked, naked. like getting <laughs> naked, and I think that's kind of how I feel about it to an extent. So it can be embarrassing in that way. Like I want to like put on some clothes, and... <laughs>
4: but sometimes you don't, and sometimes, sometimes you're like, I'm out sometimes here, I'm like, like let's is, go. I am I am
1: naked, yeah, I'm free. What are you
3: gonna do <laughs> about it? <laughs> <today? laughs> yeah, anyway, I think
1: that's also probably just why I like it, cause I the when I'm in the writing process, I'm just like, yeah, like. This is fine. And then I read it in public and I'm like, oh. Mm, <laughs> <but>
4: mm.
0: <laughs> and what, who was um, the poet that you uh, kind of introduced uh, to? Oh, I wasn't there for that. Cause like <laughs> I said, oh, it was late. You were, oh, you were really late. Yeah. <laughs> That's <okay. How> <laughs> it, it wasn't my wife, like, <laughs> <here."> <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You weren't late for this, this is cool. Um, um, who would you have? Um, Putting you on the spot a bit.
3: Uh, Oh, Um, I spoke at the moment, um, I'm reading, uh, this, everyone's probably heard of him, but um, Ocean Vuong, I'm reading Night Sky with Exit Ruins. Uh, And yeah, he's dreamy. Um, (laughs) The book's dreamy and it's just beautiful. And it's it's a very summary read in a weird way. Um, uh, Yeah, I probably would have just said that. most of the people i'm friends with some of the people who did the workshop and uh yeah they're the ones who actually when i went when i won foil um people were talking about and apparently on the foil last year everyone made a little mini shrine to ocean (laughs) wong so (laughs) piled up his books and stuff um yeah so i guess yeah everyone probably already would have heard of him but
0: where was the shrine
3: Um, It was in, so we went to like this uh, house in the countryside called the Hearst, and I guess um, the year before, they'd just found uh, everything they could find and just printed off a load of his poems off the internet. Maybe a photo of him, (laughs) maybe gone to (laughs) the ocean. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. (laughs) And they were just like, yeah, and apparently uh, one girl was like, uh, kind of exiled because she said, "No, nah, I'm not really into it." But yeah, I, I find yeah, mm-hmm. nice Guy with exit wounds mm-hmm. is a really beautiful read. Uh, mm-hmm. So I probably just said that. What mm-hmm. did um? What did you?
5: Um, I said yeah. Kayo Chingoy. Oh, yeah. With so I just he's also actually... dreamy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't actually finished his anthology because I'm actually taking time to like mark it up and understand the true meaning if you can say there's a true meaning mm-hmm. but what it means to me um so kumakanda is quite important um i gen i generally adore any african poet or writer because it's just something that's so personal to me as well and just the fact that we now have a voice and you know mm-hmm. it's now our turn to tell our stories you know our stories have been told to us it's quite uh encouraging it gives you this self-efficacy if you see like him kind of Achebe, like just you know that whole sphere of writers and i hope to maybe you know join that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. one the, the people who i adore mm-hmm. so yeah he's quite um interesting he details not only the black experience but the african experience which i feel like a lot of the times we get mixed up they do it's not mutually exclusive but just to have my own identity you know not feel like you know um I'm just part of this monolith of colour. Like there's diversity in colour as well. Mm, mm, no,
0: absolutely. Great choices.
3: Ocean Osh, um, Bong's book as well. I think, does he have like a novel coming out? does yeah
0: is it out,
2: we just saw yeah. is it out? Oh.
0: well it might be out in this in the, the states, states, states and it might not be out here this is what happened okay good okay that's good because otherwise you get everything early yeah. we have to like yeah sorry. wait
2: no d- i mean don't yeah. don't be No, sorry. I, was, I was trying to watch pose here i'm just like i can't watch pose it doesn't come out till 2020 here yeah so there's so, so much stuff love island <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have nothing to say about Love Island. <laughs> about us either. <laughs> Otherwise this whole like, this? this whole thing would descend into a Love Island uh, conversation. Um <laughs> perhaps. Um M, uh do you feel both both <laughs> okay. Fair, both Emma and uh Fee, or you know, everyone but um, specifically, do you do you feel that um there is um that we as um, British poets are more more turned towards um, American poetry, more so maybe than American poets are too over here.
3: I, I feel, yeah, I, f- I, I wanna say yes, but that's maybe just because of like my own personal experience, uh, because that like Natalie said during our workshop, my like my experience of poetry it was mostly like dead white guys, uh, and then
0: from the
3: from from English okay. usually, <laughs> and then I I kind of started seeing poetry more as cool when I started watching uh, button poetry videos like slam poetry videos on um, uh, YouTube, and that's when I actually got into poetry. Or that's actually not when I started writing poetry, but it's just when I started actually enjoying it and seeing it as an art form and not like something you write essays about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was actually, yeah, you know one about um, uh, Dinesh Smith, Self Portrait as a um, 90s R&B video or something oh, like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much and I watched that and I just remember thinking, oh, like that's the first time I saw poetry and I thought, that's cool. I, <laughs> I thought mm-hmm. that's, uh, and I, um now after doing more stuff with the poetry society i feel i feel um a lot more like i look up to lots of like english poets and london poets more but because of that because that's how i got into poetry in the first place and into writing i do feel as if like the core of some of the stuff i'm writing is based off american poets and american like slam poets specifically but mm-hmm. I, know,
5: I can't speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fee, what about you? Um, I'd say my experience is actually quite different. I'd say because of like maybe a personal decision. So I grew up reading a lot of Nigerian literature. I made the personal decision to, like just focus on my country for a bit, so I can like develop my own voice and not necessarily not as if it's bad to be inspired, but I think it's also good to be inspired by home as well. Um, but I'd say other than poetry, a lot of the thing, a lot of the things I consume in terms of is quite american mm. but yeah i think i'm now in the period since i'm in college where i'm being introduced to all the old dead white guys and i'm starting mm-hmm. to appreciate them strangely because mm-hmm. yeah just i just finished reading um, paradise lost by john milton well the first book and like i'd say because it's quite new age we've lost some of the structure that we've sort of come to hate and now like so like it's it's opened a lot of new doors and like, oh, how can sound be used? How can rhythm be used? That sort of thing. But yeah, American poets, I'm not going to lie, I haven't been quite into them. And I think, especially as I'm starting, (laughs) not because I don't like them, but because I just haven't opened that door for myself yet. And I think as I'm starting to like going to poetry a bit more, I'm going to read a lot more poets because it's quite been, oh, sad, you know, just a hobby. And now I realise that can actually, it's something that's quite productive and I can express myself through it fully, not just as a hobby, so I'm starting mm-hmm. to like, go global, I'd mm-hmm.
0: say. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, going Patricia?
1: Oh, um, like in terms of, like from our perspective, Yeah, gays
0: maybe, I think, yeah. I think I'm getting at. Um, maybe. Well, I think
1: when you guys were in, or I guess first, because I guess you were the first poets from London who I interacted with, just like, in real life um i think that hearing some of the stuff you're reading i felt like american poets were definitely heavily represented or i guess maybe you specifically but (laughs) um but i also definitely felt like introduced to a lot of poets from the uk that i hadn't heard of i think even going on this trip i just, just talked a lot about like American nationalism and just like our education being so deeply rooted in America that I felt like I didn't even have a proper education of like the world around me and just talking to my friends about that and people were like oh well you should have taken like AP European history and I just felt like well why would I have to take this advanced class to know about the world around me and like Mm -hmm. not be isolated in that way so Mm -hmm. I thought like that was an interesting conversation and I think it's I'm glad and really grateful for this trip because just to speak to what Natalie said, like just even sitting in this workshop, I have like such a different reading list to return Mm -hmm. to like when I'm, I'm home Um, because I do feel like I am lacking in terms of the amount of poets from the UK in my personal reading list and maybe that has to do with just also like the dead white man education because i think the english poets that i originally like interacted with or like their work they were just really old or it was like shakespeare or something and like i have a grown appreciation for shakespeare for sure like now that i'm older and i've just read some other people who look more like me first um i think that's also just really important Mm -hmm. to speak to just like taking the time to, like, understand yourself and the art coming from the people around you before you venture out and, like, then appreciate the work that's already considered brilliant or whatever. Um, but I definitely just think that I have a lot more work to do in terms of appreciating the poetry here, and this trip is definitely a part of that work. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think is the value um, of exchange? What's it? Um, so just like an open question then for everyone. So I know that F and M have only really um, been able to sort of interact with the exchange today in the workshop. But just even having people, so the workshops that I go to, for example, they're often people from maybe not the same kind of um, background, but they're from here. Like, so having an e- an even another like sort of accent in the space is like, oh, okay, I'm. I'm awake, this is different. Um, so how has that been like for you and, and for Kara and Nati and Patricia, like how, yeah, what do, what, what's been the value for you of this exchange?
4: Um, I mean, I think I would just start by saying sort of all the cliche things about, you know, Connection. The world gets a little smaller when you go to the other side. Another it side does, of it does it actually I get bigger. I think it, and it <laughs> gets bigger and smaller at the same time. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's sort of yeah. a paradox in that way. Um, but I think, and I was, I was thinking about this as Pat was reading their poem earlier about Chicago and talking about how so much of their work is rooted in the city, um, and the experience of coming to a, a different city halfway across the world when their work is so geographically based, but still finding some sense of connection um i think that in many ways and i feel this way pretty much every time i travel particularly internationally i find i learn so much more about where i come from when i leave that place Mm -hmm. and you get to see and hear what other people are are saying about you and what what other people think of americans and being so rooted in a city in, in the states and the states themselves, you know, it's a huge country and we're so geographically divided and isolated um, in many ways. I think even we as Americans begin to think, regionalize ourselves and think of ourselves as I'm a New Yorker, I'm a Chicagoan, oh, I'm a Southerner, you know. Um, but leaving that space and r- grappling with a, a broader national identity um, I think is... Is for me one of the most powerful aspects of an international exchange, um, particularly with English-speaking poets on on the other side of the pond, and mm. um, really talented, well-read, educated young people mm. who who have read about the states, who know what's going on, and who who are not you know spewing ignorant opinions and stereotypes, but rather have really interesting, fully formed notions and ideas about American, British nationalism and cultural divides and differences. And I think that's just really, really fascinating.
0: Um, would you like to read uh, your poem, please?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so mine, mine actually talks about Chicago in a, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the one that that won um, foil, and it's called God in 80s Movies. Uh, and it's about, um, like John Hughes films, um, Fer- yeah, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day sure Off um, is one of my favorite films actually. Mm. Um, but it's it's also about obviously the films um that that odd because I suppose recently you know with um uh, I know with Stranger Things and things like that for some reason nineteen eighties pop culture mm. has been really popular. Um, but I think it really glosses over all the issues in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. I think um, I really enjoyed the aesthetics of John Hughes' films. I really enjoy you know, some of the cheesy plot lines, but I do think there are obviously lots of issues. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is really whitewashed. <laughs> like, I don't think it's an accurate picture of Chicago at all. Like, it's a fun movie. Um, and I guess this was just, I thought sometimes watching them it was a bit eerie uh, as well as fun. And then I just, yeah, I wrote this. <laughs> um, so golden 80s movies. Uh, this baby is born in pink mood lighting, since shimmering as her tiny raw hands claw at the vinyl ceiling. This baby is born in a three-story house, powder blue and Victorian. This baby has Coca-Cola and Chicago running through her veins. This baby cries prettily, and her screams fade out when they're not needed. This baby takes her glasses off, and all of a sudden, she's just too beautiful. This baby kisses boys in the rain, and her satin dress sticks to her like something made of flesh. Like something costume design picked out for her. This baby tries to scrub her face, but her foundation is stubborn. Five hot showers, and the bright burning blue eyeshadow stays. This baby thinks of death. This baby goes to church, but all the walls are blank. This baby tries to pray, but there's nobody she can think to pray to. This baby attempts to draw a cross and breaks her wrist, trying. When this baby shows her mother the bruises, the violet tendrils crawling up her arm, the soft press of of her pale body, her mother doesn't send her to the hospital. This baby doesn't need a cast if her smile's still working. This baby keeps hearing glossy power ballads when she tries to sing hymns. This baby runs as far away from the suburbs as she can, but eventually she starts bleeding, falls to the ground and paints an emerald lawn ruby. Her eyes turn glassy and the credits roll
0: i know these are gorgeous so we all like mm. want to clap but like, kind of <laughs> like oh it might interfere with the mics um stunning it's weird now <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> no i heard this is a good poem um and still i'm like oh, wow um so is this the poem then um that um that you were that you was your winning poem for the full Young Poet of the Year award. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say um, anything about how that felt or kind of what was that like to have like a winning poem? What is it like to read? Do you have a new confidence in that poem or? Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, lot, a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of the, so f- there were 15 winners and then there were 85 commended. So um, a lot of the people who also, won? they were saying, oh, I'm so embarrassed that this one, cause now I don't like it. And that's probably the only poem I've written that I do like, cause I'm like, yeah, validation. <laughs> 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 so I'm proud when I read that one. Um, and also, I'm, I, I was so happy that one, because uh, four, you can send in multiple poems. So uh, at some point I was just like sending in everything I'd written since like year six. Um, <laughs> And, but I worked really hard on that one, and I guess it was, um, I, yeah, like I said, it was validation. It was really nice. And again, it was, um, I'd been commended the year before, but I guess it was just a further introduction into like what I said, like a community of writers. I, I made so many friends because of foil, uh, and they're friends who I feel comfortable sharing my writing with, and it's it's a big part of my life so it's yeah it's really nice beyond um just being told that your work's good it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with workshops it's like a literary like community
0: so Mm -hmm. yeah it it was good (laughs) Mm. um for anyone who doesn't know like the full um young poet of the year award um is uh open actually now until the 31st of july um 2019 if you're listening to this in two thousand and twenty five, um, <laughs> you might be, might be in a capsule somewhere. Um, and the judges this year are Raymond Antrobus, whoop, whoop and Jackie Kay, um, So really, a, a really incredible poets. Um, Cara, um, you've been commended twice for the for Young Poet of the oh Year yes. Awards. <laughs> um, how, how did that feel?
1: Um, well, I guess, it feels like a long time ago mm. which maybe it wasn't i don't remember what year i think that might have been like my junior my sophomore and junior year of high we school we don't usually understand that it doesn't so trans- translate well, so I'm like <laughs> 16 <laughs> and 17 years old get it um
0: college uh, d- yeah. let's not get into that like <laughs> honestly that half, half yeah. my time in chicago was spent
1: like translating like yeah, be, yeah.
3: it would be like year 11 and year 12. Yeah
1: yeah oh you see like year <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah because for us that would be year 10 and 11 right
0: <laughs> see this is why i just cut it cut it off yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, this okay what yeah happens. but i
1: was in high, i was a teenager <laughs> st- like a younger teenager <laughs> you were between than the I'm ages here.
0: of 11 and 17 surely because that's the
1: uh well yeah that's the I, I, so i was 16 and 17 um
0: do yeah. you feel like um, being commended in an international competition, like something that wasn't rooted in where you were from, had more of a weight for you. On on, or did it not make a difference?
1: I think that was a really cool aspect about it. Or mm-hmm. just getting like emails from them, and I'd be like, oh, this is the UK. Like Pro- I think probably,
0: that's... probably, probably ollie was emailing you or somebody Mm,
1: yeah maybe are the emails (laughs)
0: different you're like oh this is an english email
1: or yeah i guess it just felt (laughs) fancy i don't know i think like i'm always just like yeah yeah. (laughs) or i think that we just associate like brit or like the uk with like being fancier for some reason like i don't know i feel like you guys are I'm like oh yeah or or, like this like the (laughs) words you use like some like the language differences i'm like oh that's like <laughs> okay. a better way to put it
4: trousers
1: yeah like are <laughs> your trainers like i think that's such a like funny like a nice way to say sneakers like i don't know
4: but weirdly they shoes. say toilet instead of yeah like, restroom i was or like bathroom, oh, that's such which a like feels a lot more casual to me
1: but i think that you guys are also very blunt like just point. yeah like the really? street like the the s- names of shops Like, I feel like you guys aren't blunt in how you interact with people and engage in the conversation. But I think, like, we just were commenting on, like, some of the shops we passed by. And it wouldn't be, like, a quirky, like, pithy name. It would just be, like, dentist. Mm -hmm. And and we were like, well, that's so interesting. Like, how do you know that it's your dentist if it doesn't say, like, doctor whatever like how do you find specific whatever. restaurants
2: if they're all this like if some, yeah. so many of them have the same name
1: it'd be like let's eat or it'd be like eat like <laughs> food
2: <laughs>
4: pub
1: yeah it'd just be like like wine and chips like it, it'd just be God like shit. very to the point i don't know that was kind of off the dome but
0: there is there's like burger and lobster. Yeah, and that's the only things on the menu. Yeah, I think that's. But <laughs> that's I appreciate a fair that. Then we
1: can just look. It's really easy to decide what to eat because I'd be like, oh, well that place. That has, place says we can. Yeah. <laughs> eat.
0: Yeah. There's,
3: there's an off license near me, and it has a big sign, and it just says uh, goods and alcohol. But then at one point, the sign broke, so it just said alcohol above the shop. So maybe that's what
1: you mean. Um, karma could you read us a poem yeah oh that's such a good segue because i think that i'm gonna read yeah i'm gonna read this poem just thinking about (laughs) how we're allowed to drink here yeah um, how does that feel do you feel older here because of that not i don't know if i feel older i just think that the way i appreciate the way that you guys handle age here um because i mean the drinking age in the united states is 21 so like I think that it's not that I feel like I'm still carded at some places because I just am nineteen and people will be like. I might have to translate. So
0: when they say carded, like ID. Yeah. We'd say ID. would You yeah. see, like, oh. um, it's like, can I see your card? And I was like,
1: what? Yeah. What
0: card? And Which one? i really like, mad
1: about it when like people in the states, people be like, I can't believe I got carded at that place. <laughs> like, I definitely look old enough, whatever. But I guess maybe I kind of feel the way too when I get ID. I'd be like, I think that I look older than 18, but I'm only 19, so it's not saying that much. Um, but it is interesting. I think that I just appreciate the way we were going to try to, like, break away to Paris. And we we're looking at the train tickets and, like, the prices were separated by, like, um, like youth. And, like, the the gap for, like, the range for youth was, like...
2: 19 to Nine, 25 yeah to 25. and i and
1: yeah i really just appreciated that like i feel like while in a lot of ways in like my work i'm trying to defend my age and like prove that i'm legitimate in spite of how young i am mm-hmm. i also just feel like that people still need to handle me with care and understand mm. that like i don't know like i feel so rushed into like certain things that i feel feel like i was not prepared for Mm. like when you turn 18 it's like now you can fight in the army and um now you got to consider all this like ridiculous stuff that you we didn't prepare you for in like the years leading up to you becoming 18 and so i'm like yeah i'm a little bit broke like i still might need some help when i'm 25 (laughs) please lower the ticket price um so i definitely appreciate that and i just appreciate being able to drink (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna read this poem um there's a drink that's like known um a a legal drink actually um illegal yeah okay that's called moonshine because it's like pure alcohol um and homemade it's homemade (laughs) also yeah it's just like pure (laughs) and my family um is from the south and that's what my grandpa drinks um and we found like all this moonshine under his bed this one time (laughs) when we were like cleaning up in there and we were like um grandpa like it was just in all these jars and so i wrote about it and i haven't read this poem in front of people before it's in my book so i'm like maybe i should try it out Mm -hmm. um it's called moonshine speaks i am a planet a liquid jupiter y'all find under the bed What good is your belly if not shaking with something illegal? What good is the rock and roll blues? How many hymns can you sing without looking down? It's true what they say about your brass lipped uncle. It's true. The monsters under this country are real. Burn on the way down, are homemade. The boogeyman made a bet with a banshee to see who could hold the most false water then run up the street without hacking it up. Both of them fell in the dirt and gave the porch folk a good laugh, the kind that gives them more years to drink and to make drink. Untasty things get the earth moving. Country boys are no good, so why are you trying to drink wine with a cursive name? The grumble of your grandpa's many stomachs is not French, it's just me. You have rivers of me to sell. Your blood is an economy of me. There's no Riesling waiting to claim you, no gin and tonic flavored hustle. A country boy is bad for trying to forget the blood that runs with something that knows his true name. Are you good and country and free or just drunk?
0: (laughs) Thank you, Kara. Then I think, uh, be? would yeah. you like to be uh would you like to to what's the, what's the kind of see us out it would be sing us out if this was uh for we a bunch of musicians surely Get the guitar. He uh, can yeah. wrap us up. Wrap us up, biologize mm. us out. I don't know.
5: Like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want? Yeah, that's getting into that. <laughs> 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 that was the best part. <laughs>
0: Different humor, I'm in the wrong country, obviously. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> Big.
5: So, I think bouncing off of what Caro um, was saying about growing up, mm. and I think I'm still quite young, 17, but just growing up terrifies me because just like so much pressure all of a sudden like one day you're going home next day or going to your own home that sort of thing (laughs) and so so it's a working title and it's how to age gracefully aging becomes a personal responsibility beyond the age of 18 in both males and females the responsibility to the mind advisably read the bible read each character description with detail wise fool wise fool wise fool profess your decision at 22 expect at 23. existentialism is a plague smudge the truth temple to temple with the idea of purpose view passions as just as stepchildren identify identities as flowing blood never equate manhood to an art womanhood to a sport only religion may become a blood child learn to use a knife to divide yourself into you and your anxieties. Satiate his need for attention, pay lip service to her complaints, the responsibility to the body. Recognise when your skin will no longer extend over your errors, bones will refuse to bear your weight. Appreciate each cell, some more than others. When preparing your case against death, sound sensible. Depending on what you had chosen earlier and what you become, age will return irregularly to mark your activities. Dampen your skin with store-bought oils so that its ballpoint may roll smoothly. Do not attempt to push her hand away, for he seeps with vengeance. Hydrate the responsibility to the soul. Be kind to the spirit's cousin, for he still carries the remnants of your pre-existence in an urn. Minister to her with psalms, temper him with lamentations. Use good terms like hope and faith, for the incorporeal sharpeneth the ethereal.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
5: Thanks very much to
2: Rachel Long for hosting this special one off podcast and to our guests, Natalie Richardson, Cara Jackson, Patricia Fraser, M Power, and Fee Oladipo. A special thanks to Peter Kahn, This podcast was recorded as part of Peter's unique poetry exchange, sending young poets between Chicago and London with the stated goal of making the world both smaller and larger at the same time. This podcast was produced by me, Oliver Fox, for The Poetry Society, and if you'd like to find out more about our work, publications, competitions and events, you can visit us at poetrysociety.org.uk.